Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Greenbrier. In particular, it's our own little, as Mark says, Butler's Cabin, Slamming Sam's Seeds. Wait, it's Butler Cabin. Butler Cabin. Yeah. Why is it not Butler's Cabin? I don't know, but you can't mess it up because the Augusta National people will never let you broadcast from there. Then it's you know patrons instead of fans. It's oh, yeah. It's cheese, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. That voice is Mark Vandermeer. I am John Harris. Glad to be joining you as our trip to West Virginia nears an end. If you look for a schedule, today was an off day, but Mark and I, there's no off days. Hashtag no off days. No days off. But we did radio this morning. We had John McClain on. And we're actually going to talk about something later in the show that John brought up, which I find, I find fascinating. And we'll get to that later in the show. We've got plenty of guests for you, as always. We're going to hear from Shane Leckler. We're going to hear from Brandon, Brandon Dunn. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear from them in particular. We'll and have a Sammy. couple others as well. Sammy Coates, who is, I think, Mark, we've interviewed almost everybody on the team, it seems, right. between the four of us. I think Sammy is top five interviews that, we, that we've done. No matter who's interviewed him, you, DP, Drew, I have not had a chance to talk to Sammy. But knowing the interview that we had during free agency period or after that, right before offseason, he was fantastic. He's great. There's a part of me that wants him to make the, the club just because he's such a good interview. I know. I mean, you root for guys like that. Yeah. You root for the good interviews. When you're in the media, you root for the good interviews. But you root for winning more than anything. Of like, course. I will tolerate people not talking at all if they win. Yeah. But if they don't win, well, it's just not much fun at all anyway. No. So. It's, yeah, last year is a year I don't want to replicate ever Ever, ever, again. ever, ever again. La- ever I again. think last year, in a way, I know we didn't want to get into this right now, but in a way it was harder than 2013. 2013 was so, so nightmarish. Mm-hmm. But last year was kind of like, I don't know, you just flatlined toward the end because yep. you went into every week like, all right, this is just. And after experiencing the Deshaun Watson fireworks, right. to go back to anything else was such a tremendous letdown. Yeah, there's no no doubt because you saw – the present, the future, right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. You saw number four and you went, we can be really good this year. Yep. And we can be really good for a long time. For a long time. And, of course, then the injuries hit. And then, of course, we're all going to – I've said this to a lot of people. I will never forget where I was when I, when I saw on Twitter Ian Rappaport tweeting that he had torn his ACL. And I just – felt like I had taken a baseball bat to the face. Like, are you serious? This can't happen. And the, the, the ironic thing was that Sunday, I'll never forget, that Sunday when I saw him reach down, I don't even want to get into this, but I saw him reach down for his knee. Yeah. And I remember thinking, no, not now. We're on the roll we need to. I remember in my mind I'm going, the Astros are going to win this World Series and you're going to take us great places. You cannot be hurt. Not right now. And then he was. Well, so, it and, but it wasn't until a few days later because I saw him yeah. carted him from practice. And he just sat in the front seat. <sighs> and I thought, oh, please, 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 please. No, 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 no. Nothing serious. A <sighs> couple of weeks maybe, if anything. And, and then be an MCL. Be an MCL. And then it had the A in front instead of the M. And, and we well, had a funeral that night. Oh, it was it was not good. Speaking of Deshaun, I bring this up because here's our schedule for the next few days. We will still have Texas Training Camp live tomorrow morning. We will have Texans All Access on Tuesday. So tomorrow's a full day because it's the last practice day here at the Greenbrier. Like I said, guys, the day off today, they're out skeet shooting or fly fishing or whatever they're planning to do. Muscle recovery is a big deal, so they'll do all that today. 
And then tomorrow, full practice. We'll have everything for you as we always do right there at HoustonTexas.com, Sports Radio 610. Wednesday, we will do our show. But right after our show, we'll fly to Kansas City with the team and be there and get ready for preseason game number one. Now, a question that Landry Locker gave us this morning I think is a fascinating one, Mark, and I think we can dive a little bit deeper into this. When it comes to preseason, we don't see the stars hardly at all. Right. So there's the thought of, okay, how much do you see Deshaun Watson? How much do you see J.J. Watt? How much are you going to see those guys? If it's a 120-play game, you're going to see them five plays. You're going to see them like three or four percent of the game. That's Mm -hmm. that's it. That's all you're really going to get, if anything at all, from those particular players. Most of the game is guys that – starters that are new. Like Julian Davenport, Chantrell Henderson, that offensive line, I think they'll play two, three series. Maybe. I wouldn't say more, but I you think know, those, you brought that up the those other will day. play a while. I think that's interesting. So you're thinking Watson, whatever he gets, he gets. Right. But the line stays in to get some more reps because they need the work. Those well, tackles need the yeah, work. I think Guards, so. They need to function in unison, in harmony. Here's the way I look at it. Some, somebody asked, asked me this, you know, how long will the starters go? And I, and I said, I don't look at it that way. I look at it in tiers of players. And so I look at it as – there's Watson, Watt, Hopkins, Merciless. Now, we don't know what Whitney will play. He left practice the other day. He looks fine, and everything looks fine. But you walking. just never know. He, walking's good. Yeah, walking's always good. Now, you can't walk with an ACL tear, but that's – I'm just saying. I don't think it's that, so no, no harm in that. But those players, maybe J. Joe, right. I think, and, and Tyron, I think those players play a, a drive – Max. Tiny little bit. A max. Max, right. one drive. If it's a three and out on the first drive, maybe Deshaun goes in, gets a few more plays. But I don't want to play with fire, not in the, in the preseason. There's enough fire during the regular season. Then that next tier of player ends up being like your first offensive line, your first defensive line. How long do you let them go? Right. And, of course, in defense, you've got a lot of rotation as it is. But then you get to the second half of the game. And that's where I think it gets really interesting. And this is what Landry said to us. What players or which situations intrigue you the most as we get into the third and fourth quarter? Because those are guys, that's the time when we saw Dylan Cole. I don't know if you remember this last year against Carolina. He had a touchdown in the fourth quarter against Carolina. Now, it ended up being called back. I don't remember why. But, but he that, made the splash But he made play. the play, and that kind of got on everybody's radar screen. And everybody's like, oh, Dylan Cole, man. That's where we ended up finding those players in third and fourth quarter. So as we head into preseason game number one, who are the players in your mind that you look at it and say, okay, these are guys. Now, you watch the ball, so it's a little different. But when you go back and watch the game later, who right. are the guys that intrigue you the most going into the second half of these games? Well, I mentioned this morning Troy Main Pope. Troy Main Pope yeah. is a running back who a lot of people haven't heard about, but he's getting a lot of reps in camp, especially with no Deontay Foreman available. Right. And I think he's going to play a lot in this football game. I think they want a nice long look at what he can do, catching the ball out of the backfield, running the ball. I would not be surprised if he plays late in the first quarter, early second, into the second half of this ball game. And then they want to look at the young backs, LeVon Coleman and Terry Swanson. But Troy Main Pope would be one of those guys, Johnny, for sure. And then I look at the tight ends. You know, Jordan Thomas, it's going to be interesting to see how much time they give him. And he was drafted later than Aikens, of course. Aikens is the third-round draft choice. And Aikens, I think he's kind of in your offensive line category where he'll be in more than, say, a Watson. Well, he's probably right. not going to start, though. So they'll put him in and they'll let him play a little bit. Right. They, they, they want to get his toes in the water at the very least. And as I'm thinking aloud here... 
Uh, I think, and I said this morning, that a guy like Andre Chachere, the undrafted rookie yep. from San Jose State, too bad Jermaine Kelly's been a little nicked up in this camp, but Chachere is going to play a bunch. You know, D. Virgin is going to play a bunch. They yep. want to look at those guys at corner. They know they need some depth at corner, so those guys will get a nice long look. That is uh, one of my focal points, really. And, you know, it's funny, when I look at the third and fourth string, not yep. every position group has a fourth string, but some do. It's hard to say, you know. It's oh, yeah. game one. A lot of it will, will depend on what Bill O'Brien, the opinion he has on the reps that they've gotten here right. at the Greenbrier. And then knowing that in the following week, you have San Francisco coming into Houston Methodist Training Center, mm-hmm. and you're going to have two days with them there prior to that preseason game. I think that for a second preseason game, you're not going to get as many starters reps as you normally would because of those reps they're going to get with the 49ers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you hit on a, a, a number of names that sound pretty good. Jordan Thomas is intriguing to me because I would think, and, and this is where it gets dicey a little bit, Jordan Thomas has more than held his own in camp, in particular in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Now, He's learning how to block, really, in all honesty. He's learning how to block. Now, any rookie coming from college, especially with the college scheme that they're coming from, they're all going to have to learn how to block, as I say that in air quotes. But Jordan, more than anybody, because he played receiver. Now, he's got the body type. He's got the physical attributes to be able to be a good inline blocker, but he's still learning to do it. I could see them using Jordan a decent amount at the wide tight end, the guy that lines up right next to the tackle. Not Now, he'll be detached at times. He'll, he might be attached, but in a wing spot. But he, I think, you bring up a great point, and that is I think Thomas will probably play a little bit more in this game just so he can get reps of just going against a different team, you know, utilizing the scheme you have and utilizing your technique to block as a run blocker. I so that's probably more important than the pass routes? I think so. I absolutely this think juncture. so. Because is I it, think Jordan Thomas has proven – he can get open. Yeah. He can get open. That's not that's not the issue. And he can catch the football in and traffic. And they don't want to show their hand too much with him. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. But I think he needs the reps as a blocker. That's what I think he really needs more than anything else, to be honest with you. So I think Jordan Thomas plays a decent amount. But I think he plays – I think he could play first all the way through the third quarter. Not every single play on offense. Right. But I think – he could be in there with every single quarterback, the first three quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Stephen Morris will play. I would imagine they'll try and get him in at some point because Deshaun will get a few plays. Not many. We don't get a stretch, but he doesn't need that many in the preseason. You want to see what you have with Joe Webb and what you have with Stephen Morris. That's a Morris. great point with the quarterbacks. I mean, I can't even believe we didn't start there. Whedon has to play a little bit yeah. because the offense is different, according to Bill O'Brien. Right. This past offseason at the owners' meetings in March talked about a brand-new offense. Yep. Look, we've seen a lot of it. It's not all brand-new looking, but who knows what they unveil in the regular season. But clearly, they don't want to have to change it completely for Whedon right. when he comes in. And I always thought when Watson went down last year, this was one of my real, my real complaints that they – didn't have Whedon to go to yeah. in case Savage didn't work out. And Savage didn't work out. And then, obviously, had injury issues. And you had T.J. Yates signed and all that. Whedon can run some of that Watson stuff. Absolutely. No, he's not a running threat, really. But he's a great athlete. And, I mean, you don't play professional baseball. You don't. We've seen him run before. He ran for a touchdown against Tennessee mm-hmm. in 2015. I think that Whedon uh, could be interesting running some of this Watson stuff. But he'll play a little bit. Joe Webb. I want to see Joe Webb yeah, play. Yeah, I do, too. I'm, I'm very curious to see what Joe... 
does at quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe Webb on special teams early in the game Mm -hmm. and then playing special teams throughout until he comes into the game at quarterback. And then to see what you have with Joe. And Now, they can do some of the same stuff. But but scheme-wise, you can do a lot of the same stuff with Brandon Whedon. For the most part. Now, there might be a few design runs and a few things you do with Deshaun right. that you wouldn't do with Brandon. But that said, I think Brandon needs a little bit of work to stay sharp. But I think my guess is he'll get the first half. He'll get whenever Deshaun comes out up until halftime. And I think Joe Webb will get the second half. Just my gut. But I remember last year in that second half, we got us Deshaun Watson, and it was phenomenal in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we're watching him throw it. We're watching him run. He runs into the end zone. And I – I've never felt a charge like that during a preseason game. It was electric. It was amazing. It was so much fun to watch all the Clemson fans in the stands getting a chance to see their hero. I mean, it was unbelievable. Who won the game last year? I have no idea. See? I don't. I don't. I think Carolina won it. I, I believe I'm so. I'm pretty sure Carolina I was, won the game. I'm not 100% sure. That's horrible. <laughs> but guess what? It's a preseason game, and I'll always remember that. I think Landry was asking us, like, preseason memories, you know, your favorite yeah. moments. And I didn't even mention that, but Watson coming into the game. That was huge. The cheers he got from the crowd there because you're in ACC country. It's funny with the Texans, this entire offseason, the seven months that we've been on the air with not a ball snapped, okay? And that's how we roll here with Texans offseason, media, radio, whatever we do. Every conversation about the team ultimately comes back to number four. It really does. You know, we could be talking about special teams. and Remember when Watson did that, and it wasn't even that big a body of work. But that's just how it is. Hey, uh, back to the tight ends for a moment. Ryan Griffin doesn't even play in this game. He's healthy right now, but do you even risk anything? I think a couple of plays. You know what Ryan Griffin could do. You want to see what the other tight ends can do. And I think that's kind of speaking to what you were bringing up. Jordan Thomas has to play. Yep. Jordan Aikens has to play. I want to see Michael Pruitt in there because Michael Pruitt is a player that I think you could run some of that halfback stuff we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, is he able to, you know, run some fullback type stuff, H-back. I meant H-back, not halfback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, H-back type stuff, and maybe he can uh, get a bigger role on this team and, and have a chance anyway, a snowball's <laughs> chance. I think it's better than a snowball's chance to make the 53. Uh, absolutely. I think he's very intriguing. Mm-hmm. He's got the best beach body. I know that. And being a draft expert, I can say that, and I have no problem saying that. But he's been dinged up the last couple of days. has not been in practice, so I don't know if that'll slow him down oh, for yeah. Thursday. I don't know if that's precautionary. I don't know. We've we've seen a, in this ha- camp attrition always happens, but there's not been that, that season-long or missing the first four weeks of the year like Will Fuller did last year. I mean, he did that in day two, yeah. I think, day two or day three, where he was gone in the first 15 minutes of practice. You haven't had that happen, knock on wood. That's going to happen. But you've had guys, you know, some guys dinged up, just camp attrition. It just happens right. as you put the pads on uh, throughout. So I think it's going to be really intriguing to watch that second half, Mark. You're going to have to – well, you know the roster. Right. I always love – hearing you in the second half with the other team's roster and getting comfortable with it. Oh, gosh. Boy, it's tough. I'm not done yet. I'm not completely ready for this one yet. Still (laughs) preparing with the Chiefs. Well, let's not worry about the Chiefs right now because in our next segment, we're going to do a segment called Let's Hear It. We're going to hear from all the players. Sammy Coates, Shane Leckler, Brandon, DJ Dunny. We're going to hear from all of them next right here on Texans All Access.
Welcome back to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Greenbrier. That's right. We are right here at Butler Cabin, our own Butler Cabin, slamming Sammy Sneeds. It's, it's picking up a little bit in the evening crowd. Now, keep in mind, we are in Eastern time, and I have to keep saying that because I always forget what time it is. Well, right now it's time for a little bit of let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear from some of the players. We've got three of them in this segment. We're going to start with one of our favorites, Shane Leckler. Did the Dirty Dozen with Drew Doherty, and this is fantastic because he actually mentions the name Bart Simpson. Why? Well, take a listen. Let's hear it from Shane Leckler. Shane, good to see you as always. How's camp going this time around, second year at the Greenbrier for you? It's been good, you know. Uh, as far as, you know, the accommodations here are unbelievable. But, uh, you know, we had a little bit of rain yesterday, but today, 24 hours made a huge difference. And I uh, thought we had a good practice, and I like the uh, – I like this place. It's it beats the heat in Houston, but you know when you start getting this late in the camp, it's starting to get ready to go home. Yes, you are, and it's nice doing this interview an hour and a half after practice, middle of the day, and you're wearing long sleeves. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's not a hundred degrees here, but uh, yeah, I kind of got up this morning and figured I'd throw it on. There you go. All right, let's do the twelve questions. We start things off with, what was your must-pack item this year in the suitcase for training camp? That's easy, fly rod. I brought two of them. They got a good fly fishing here, so whenever we get a day off or a few hours off, I'll sneak away. You caught anything? No, not yet. Uh, the first day was tough, and I plan on going Monday, and uh, hopefully it's a different story. I know how that goes, not catching anything. <laughs> so you're the most outdoorsy of the Texans. Who's the second most outdoorsy of your teammates? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I you know, I've taken Jay Prosh hunting with me. I've taken uh, weeks hunting and fishing i've taken you know there's there's a few of them that dip their toe in it i wouldn't say they're fully committed not as much as i am bird hunting deer hunting both both i uh, yeah whatever season it is i'm in which of your teammates talks the most trash on the field oh jay joe yeah jay joe everybody thinks jay joe's this great guy off the field but jay joe will talk plenty of trash on the field he's good at it too he's good at it now granted he grew up you know started in cincinnati with chad and all those guys so he learned it from some of the best. It's like getting a master's going yeah. to that place. It sure is. Your best football trait is? Being able to flip the field. That's kind of what I've done for 18 years, you know, giving my defense the best. I take a lot of pride in putting our defense in the best situation. Who's your most underrated teammate? Underrated teammate? I mean, it's early in camp. But if you go through it all, as far as a good guy, you know what? You know who I like to talk to? Nick Martin. He's a good dude, man. He's solid. You know, it sucked that he got hurt last year, but be good to have him back. No doubt. It's a guy, obviously, you get taken in the second round, there are many high thoughts about you. Yeah, I mean, there was. There was huge expectations for him. And then, you know, he had a you know, tough deal with the injury. and But the guys bounced back. And, uh, you know, I enjoy playing with him and good teammate. All right. If you didn't punt but you could play another position on the field, what would you play? A quarterback, no doubt. That seems like the most fun position there is. So you got full control. And uh, if you want to call your own play, just act like you can't hear Bill and just call your own play. Right? Isn't that what they do? <laughs> Who's got the best hair on the Texans? Uh, and you can be self-confident if you want. No, no I, mine's, mine's falling out. It's not me. Uh, yeah, I like BMAC. You know, that Bart Simpson look he's got rolling right now. It's, it's hilarious. I've heard Minions. I've never heard the Bart Simpson uh, look. Well, uh, maybe I'll go back a little bit there. It works, though. I, I caught it. I caught it. Your all-time favorite NFL player who is retired. Who is it? Uh, Brett Favre. I was a huge fan of his growing up, you know, and watched him a lot when I was in college and watched him when I was in the league and watched him torture us on Monday Night Football whenever his dad passed away when I was playing for the Raiders. Uh, 
I like the way he played the game. Uh, he didn't fear anything or any situation, and I really enjoyed watching him. Did you ever get to interact with him? I know it's limited when you play a guy, but did you get before or after any games a chance to talk to him? Uh, we went to Green Bay and played him. And I was excited because I got elected captain that game, and uh, he did not come out for the coin toss, so that sucked. So, but I did get a jersey signed for, from him uh, for my birthday. My wife got one through their punter, you know, kind of one of the mail in. Hey, please get Brett to sign us, but got that. It's up in the game room. By the way, happy early birthday! We're going to be 27, 28 coming yep, up. Just just rolling up to 28. Okay, what's your breakfast for camp? What do you eat every day? Uh, just omelet and coffee. Yeah, sometimes skip the omelet. <laughs> Last thing, you know what postcards are. Do you send them? If so, if not, who do they go to? I don't. I don't. can't remember the last time I sent a postcard. Uh, maybe my first Pro Bowl back in whatever that was, 01, 02, somewhere in there. I may have sent one home from Hawaii, but I don't know who I sent it to. I think everybody was with me. But I did. You know, I may have just stuck it in the bag, actually. Good stuff. Well, Shane, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck throughout camp and on into the season. Appreciate it, Drew. Thank you. Excellent stuff there from Shane Leckler. I can only imagine what Shane did on his off day today. My guess is he went fishing. The question would be, did he take John Lopez with him, yes or no? I would say yes, but at least Leckler gave Lopez some really good fishing spots because they are here with In the Loop. Now, throughout training camp, D.B. Sidhu has been doing her training camp diaries with both Whitney Merciless and Sammy Coates. So let's hear what Sammy has to say about his daily routine and what he's been doing in Training Camp Diaries with DP Sidhu. Here with Sammy Coates, Training Camp Diaries number two. Sammy, week two for you. First of all, i got to ask you about practice today because Andre Johnson was out here, and being one of the wide receivers, how cool was that to get to talk to him? You know, to send him around here, he giving his advice on what we need to do better on the field. I mean, one of the greatest guys to play this game, and the, le- the legacy he left here is one of the best legacy ever. So anytime he says something to me, I'm wide eyes, my ears pinned open, and then, I'm just taking it in because you can't get this much greatness around you so much. Him, Hop, all these guys have just been doing this or did this. It's awesome to have them. I mean, you're a veteran yourself, but what can a guy like you learn from a guy like Andre here? You know, anything. All his tilts, what he did when he was playing, what little things he did to get his body ready. Um, all the things he did to prepare for a game or prepare for a practice. It's just listen to a, a great player, a great athlete just to show you the way. All right, let's talk about your routine because it's week two. So we talked about what exactly you did every single day in week one, but how has your routine changed? Are you kind of in it now, or are you changing things up to keep it fresh in week two? You know, I did a different program this week um, going into week two. Um, All right, tell us about it. I'm trying to get up a little early. I've been getting up at six, coming in and getting treatment, trying to do better care of my body so I can stay on the field longer, so I can play longer. Um, so I've been getting up at six, and my routine has just been going in here doing little things, a little small exercise, balance, and stuff like that to get my ankle mobility stronger. So it's been a good little routine I got going, so I'm going to keep this one going. All right, so how do you feel in, in week two? You've had quite a few practices now. Today was full pads. Is, is it starting to set in that it's camp and it's getting a little monotonous? Oh, man, it's, it's getting hot out here. It's up and down, raining one day, hot the next day. Your mind telling you to do one thing, your body's doing the other. So it's it's getting to that point where you're like, it's the middle of camp. I can feel it. <laughs> but it's a good grind, and I love it. It's, it's a good push every day, so it's continuing to get better. What about guys like you? I know you got a lot of stuff happening off the field. you got your foundation. you got things like that. How do you keep up with all that while you're in camp? Because now it's been a few weeks. So do you, how do you keep up with your emails and your Twitter and what's going on in the world outside of camp? You know, I try not to worry about too much going on outside of camp. Man. Everybody know, my family know. They know when I'm at camp, it's all focused. I'm trying to do my best you know, to, to get my spot on the team, get my spot on, on the field. So it's all a grind now. Everybody that, that I talk to, everybody I deal with knows like it's work time. 
All right. So do you do that like in the evenings, maybe before you go to bed, throughout the day? You, you just know, find pockets of time when you can. You know, I don't have that much time, but, you know, I usually send a text or something, try to just show them I'm still thinking about them. I know I'm not talking to them much, but, you know, I love my family to death. And it's, just, it's hard to be away from them, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. All right. So Kansas City coming up. you got less than a week to go. How do things change? You're getting ready for your first preseason game here. It's going to be awesome, man. I'm ready to get back in the game feeling. Um, it's been a long time, so that feeling just waiting and waiting. Now it's here, so it's awesome. I'm happy. I'm getting excited. I'm out here running around like a chicken with a head, uh, head cut off, so <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm so excited to put this Houston uniform on for the first time on, in the game, so it's going to be awesome. All right, we can't wait to see it, Sammy. Best Th- of luck. Thank you. I said earlier, I think Sammy Coates is one of the better interviews that the Texans have on this roster. I'm so glad he's here, and he's caught everything. That's exactly what we wanted to see from him. Fantastic stuff from Sammy Coates. Now, potentially the best interview on this entire squad is Brandon Dunn. And this D-line room is as good a room as you're going to find. They're led by Anthony Weaver, Matt O'Donnell, Brown University grad, represent yo. He has joined the group, and it is fun. They're fun to watch on the field. On Sunday, they were running slant routes and fade routes. Then they were working drills, and they were tackling the coaches. It is an excellent room. It's well-coached. Anthony Weaver is one of the better D-line coaches in the entire league. He played for the Texans, and we've gotten to know him very, very well. And he's got a very unique group, a very eclectic group, if you will. And Brandon Dunn, obviously, is at the forefront. Well, he sat down, or, well, he stood up and did the interview with Mark Vandermeer and talked about who has control of the audio in the locker room here at the Greenbrier. Is it DJ Dunny or is it someone else? Let's hear it from Brandon Dunn. Tell me, day off, how excited are you about this? Six days in a row of practice. Woo, very, very excited. Uh, at the Greenbrier, it's been, it's been some crazy weather going on, right? These last two days have been very hot. You know, two days ago it was, you know, it was very rainish, you know, very puddleish. If you can see, you know, I had a couple, you know, nose dives into a puddle. But, you know, we, we made it through it, you know? Any hesitation in doing those nose dives into the water, or were you guys just all no about hesitation? That? that was, you know, it brought back maybe the six-year-old kid and the seven-year-old you're going to it head first, you know, slide. Some I even made snow angel. <laughs> you did. I missed that one. So I noticed you guys seem to be the most jovial bunch. I mean, you guys are always having fun. You're working hard. But yeah. You're always having fun with each other, the defensive linemen. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, our, our jobs is you know basically it's the, it's the physical part, you know, physical and mental part. Obviously, for every position, but more physical with us. So you know, we try to make fun of it. You know, sometimes we always compete against each other. You know, our coach Anthony Weaver have different games for us and stuff like that. So it's always cool to come outside. You know, come out here for practice, ready. You know, obviously compete for a roster spot. But you know, some guys can die. You know, can die dress it. Sometimes we laugh, we kick it. You know, what I'm saying we're a pretty close group. Now, I'm not giving away any strategy secrets here, but everybody could see you guys running slants earlier and running fades. The defensive linemen doing yeah. passing drills. What was that all about? I mean, I sucked today. First of all, it was a bad day for me. Uh, you know, I, I did win in uh, locker room basketball, though. Did win that, but you know, you know, but, you know, it's just another thing is actually get us loose. I promise you, we do it every Friday. You know, every light day, which would be like today, we do it every Friday. And uh, Weaver just knows how to get your body loose. I promise you. Everybody thinks we're just having fun, but actually, those slants, those slants, and he throws a good ball, so you better catch him. If you drop it, it's five dollars. Oh boy, yeah. that's that's a fine. So tell me something. No four square. How much do you miss that? And does stuff like what you were just describing replace that? Four square was okay. You know, what I'm saying it was uh, it was more of a wrist game. You know, you know, a lot of coaches playing at that time with no cleats on on a slick piece of grass, and we had cleats on, so it was just like, you know, either I roll my ankle or they fall on it, you know, on it. But so we got rid of that game, but we kept some of our classics, buckboard. Uh, you know, we still do Jeopardy in our room, and uh, 
uh, one game I'm not going to tell you about, but we actually it's actually it's actually growing in our, in our room. So, Uh-oh. you know, we just going to keep that on the on, on the DL and keep that to, <laughs> for myself. All right, so tell me, you're the DJ at home in the locker room. Yeah. How do you guys handle that kind of business here? Well, it's three. It's three. The locker room is set up in three sections. Uh, now take it back four sections, and I'm the maybe the third section. And yeah. whoever's in that third section, they I'm still DJing. I'm DJ. I brought my speaker from uh, from home, and I got me a playlist for camp. And uh, so far, the guys have been liking. What's your approach at this stage in your career to the preseason games? Uh, it's still business. It's the game. Uh, my my mindset is, you know, I'm still fighting for a roster spot, you know, day in and day out. So uh, when that game comes around, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna go compete. Did you uh, try to vie to catch the punt that would get you out of meetings no, tonight? Tried, no, 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 no. What I was, I, I was trying to coach my uh, my rookie up to make sure he caught the ball. He was critical. You know, it's a it was a guy to have a situation, and he 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 had it. It's got to be a rookie, right? It's got to be a rookie. You know, no vets. You know, you know, I could have caught the ball. You know, one-handed, eyes closed. You know, those type of things. But they won't. Brandon, thanks a lot. Good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. There you have it. Let's hear it from Sammy Coach Shane Leckler and Brandon Dunn. Now, the Hall of Fame induction was this past weekend. Jerry Kramer, Robert Doctor Doom Brazil finally gets in. That was fantastic. Brian Dawkins, Randy Moss, Brian Urlacher, Ray Lewis, all went into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. Who will go in in 2019? Oh, the class is deep. And John McClain talked about that with us earlier this morning. Mark and I will go deep into the 2019 class. Who makes it? Who's first ballot? And who's going to get the Terrell Owens treatment, potentially, in 2019? We'll do that next right here in Texans All Access. That next. One final segment of our Monday edition of Texas All Access from the Greenbrier. John Harris with Mark Vandermeer from our own beautiful location overlooking 18th Green of Old White TPC. By the way, yes, how did you play it the other day? Uh, you know, I uh, I hit it early and often. Now, I hit it, I'll tell you what, I birdied two holes, which was pretty good. Wow, okay. You know, yeah. So I made a couple of putts. Yeah, yeah. No thanks to the four caddy that you're required to have here. <laughs> Don't get me started on that guy. <laughs> nice kid, but... Yeah, and uh, I hit the ball okay, but I I think I said it this morning. The rough here is brutal, and that's what makes this course tough. It's the rough. There's not much water at all. It's the rough. I love that 18 is a par three. I mentioned that I yeah, think yeah. in a previous show. Uh, it's a very cool place. I mean, look, yeah, I'm not a golf snob though, Johnny. I really enjoy playing wherever I can play. I don't. Yeah. Ca- I mean, I don't care as long as it's a decent course. I just love being out there. But this with the mountain views oh. and everything, it's pretty breathtaking stuff. It is amazing. And I believe after this show tonight, I will be going back to the bro house. And if I remember correctly, well, no, it's still going, I believe. Mm-hmm. Old White at some point gets shut down. So we're going to be playing at night. So we might be able to play spike ball out on uh, oh, the gosh. fairway of number four. The this, fairway. This has become a new thing in the bro house. And I got, it, I got indoctrinated yesterday. And so I go out on a three-and-a-half-mile run. Mm-hmm. We got all my stuff done. I got the writing done. Got everything done. I was like, I need, I need to run because I didn't get up in the morning and do it. I was like, I'm exhausted. I moved houses again. I'm like, I'm just gonna go do it in the afternoon. So I finished all my writing stuff. I run, and as soon as I come back, I walk in, and Jay McDevitt's like, Don't go take a shower. It's spike ball time. And I'm like, I've been, I've been wanting to do this. Yep. So I just, okay, let's go do this. So I change just so I get out of that those sweaty clothes. I put on new set. 
and we go out and play spike ball for about two uh, about two and a half hours. After running three three and a half miles. Oh no! I, two and a half hours of spike ball, which is just it, bouncing the ball in a sort of trampoline thing. Oh whoa whoa whoa! Thing. Do not minimize. Oh, it I'm like not that. minimizing. Do it. not Sorry. minimize. Sorry, it's like a religious experience. When I, I did it, it, when I when we were done, actually I wasn't even done. We were about halfway through. It was as somebody had dumped a bucket of water on me. Yep. And it really wasn't that hot. And we were playing. We were covered by trees. We were playing in shade. It was just, but it's so much. Did fun. you hydrate during spike ball? Oh, I did. We had a couple of waters. Yeah. A couple of waters, but, but you were behind. The the night, you? I was. By the end of the night, it was not great. And of course, every time, you know, we we got on a nice little run, and then they had to come back on us. And <laughs> our buddy Tyler Sutter, Suds, was just like, "Run it back, run it back." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, run it back." You know, the competitiveness just yeah, takes he over. He is super competitive. One of our video guys, and then super competitive. You look up, and it's just soap. So, yeah. anyways, enough about spike ball. One thing that John McLean brought up with us this morning, Mark, and I, I find it fascinating. And you actually called games with and against a number of the players that are eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2019. Whoa. And now, Andre Johnson will not be eligible. This is a great question by the Vander Kid earlier of whether Andre Johnson was eligible. When is he eligible? He's eligible for 2021 because he played in 15 with the Colts and 16 with the Titans and then retired halfway through. So he won't be up till 2021. But there's starting to become a backlog of players that – are going to make 2019 really interesting. Here are the guys that are up for the first time in 2019. Okay. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, he's got to go right in. I mean, he's number, he's first ballot, right? Most prolific tight end ever, right? Or did Witten pass him? Whatever, he's right up there. Yeah, he's... I th- Witten passed him. I think Witten barely, yeah, barely passed him. 14 Pro Bowl appearances, six-time first-team All-Pro. Mm-hmm. 15,000 yards. I think he's a first-time. Or first ballot. Okay, here's another guy, and you called games in college mm-hmm. and pros against and for Ed Reed at safety. Hall of Famer. First, first ballot. First ballot. Like, yeah. No questions asked. But And here's the thing. In college, he was also fantastic, yeah. and he was the leader of that Hurricane team that won the 01 National Championship. Right. I've said this many times. Now, I know as a Texan, it was a miserable experience. Right. But we got to take that away. I mean, we're looking objectively here at his pro football and college career. One thing I like about the Basketball Hall of Fame better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame is that they take everything into consideration. The Basketball Hall of Fame. Yes. I think that it would be great. I know there's a College Football Hall of Fame and a Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it's not the NFL Hall of Fame, by the way, boys and girls. I know a lot of people make that mistake. It's not an NFL thing, even though the NFL is the top league. Yeah. So the Pro Football Hall of Fame can theoretically take the CFL into consideration. They really don't, right. but they can do it because it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I wish there was a Football Hall of Fame because, to me, a guy like Doug Flutie, for instance, would be in the Football Hall of Fame right. because of contribution plus his great college career plus the CFL Everything. plus a little tiny bit of NFL that was right. compelling but not really amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. That That's interesting when you By the way, about uh, like Gonzalez ahead of Witten. Um, he's the most prolific tight end, but Witten right up there. I mean, we're talking about two tight ends who are in the top four of the all-time receptions list. Yeah. Those three – well, those insane? two. Sorry, those are two. There's a third one Okay. that I think could be a first ballot. I think some people might be mixed on this, but it's hard, it's hard to deny when a guy makes 12 Pro Bowl appearances and was a three-time All-Pro and he did it with two different teams – 
and was considered a shutdown corner, which there really aren't many in, in the NFL anymore. Mm-hmm. Champ Bailey. Yeah, and you know, it it's interesting. He's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer, too. But when you talk about the greatest corners ever, his name is probably not going to come up very high. And can I rewind here a bit on the tight end talk? Because if I talk about the greatest tight ends ever, tight ends, yeah. But if I say, Johnny, who are the top two or three tight ends who to ever play the game? Is Witten going to be one of those guys, in your opinion? He's prolific. Yeah. He put up a ton of numbers. He's excellent. I'm not saying Witten's bad. Right. Witten's phenomenal. But is he one of the best ever? Is Gonzalez considered that? You know I think Gonzalez. I know exactly what you're saying. I think I, Gonzalez. Now here, I think Gonzalez more than Witten. Here, here's the, here's kind of the way that I look at this in some right. sense, because Vanderkid had a great question. He says, well, "Why do they have to wait five years?" I think what five years does for you is maybe to truly appreciate the greatness of a particular player. Witten just retired, yeah. so we're just watching a guy that, amongst the tight ends in the NFL, you know, he had production, he had he had the catches, he had the yards, he had the touchdowns, he had all those things. But we just saw Jason Witten this last year. He was doing that for 15 years. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think five years from now we'll look back and go, oh, yeah, Witten, Witten definitely oh, is, he's is a, a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no but, doubt. But I'm I know what you're about, saying. When I talk about the greatest tight ends, I still look at Kellen Winslow, senior, of course, yep. of the San Diego Chargers as one of the top three tight ends to ever play the game. I don't think there's any question. And, you know, he's nowhere on this list that high. And yeah, I'm talking about all-time receptions. Right, right. Not I think Kellen Winslow absolutely receivers. is in the mix. Not Kellen Winslow, too, his dad. He also changed the game, too. He changed the game. The modern tight end is essentially from the lineage of Kellen Winslow. Right. What Dan, what the uh, Eric Coriel offense did for him, yep. that's where changed Kellen Winslow went. There's no question. I think Gonzalez was kind of in that vein, too. Yeah. I think he was kind of in that vein, and I think Witten kind of followed in his jet stream a little bit. Just, to, you know, years later, but he kind of followed in his jet stream, and then those two, I think, were the class at that position for a long time. But but I'm, I'm with you. I think what's, what happens with the more modern players, I don't – with players that played in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they were trendsetters. Mm-hmm. They were playing – like Kellen Winslow played a position that really didn't exist. These guys are just following in that – they're following in that wake, if you will. Right. But I think – I think Witten will be a first bout half. The, num- the numbers are there. I think one thing about it is you either have, and this is to Winslow's point, you have to have a period of dominance, and he was, mm-hmm. or you have to change the game the way the position is played like Lawrence Taylor did, yep. but also because in Kellen Winslow did the same thing, or your production has to be so consistently good for a stretch of time right? like Witten, and that's, I think, the, the ways that you're going to get no in. No doubt. All right, but let me throw this one at you just while we're on this subject. Yeah. He's not eligible next year. Anquan Bolden, though. All right, so Terrell Owens just got in. Yeah. Bolden is two receptions behind Owens on the all-time list. Two. Wow. Two catches behind him. Yet I look at Bolden, and I'm like, well, it's the longevity more than anything. Right. I mean, at no time in his career is Anquan Bolden considered one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. I don't believe so. But he's always been solid. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let me ask you this. What? Because this guy has been eligible I think he's been eligible for a few years now. Who's that? I would compare Anquan Bolden to Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce is a good one. And I think about them very similarly. Yeah. Isaac Bruce played in that you know greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. And you look at his catches. He's 13th on the list. Now, let's go to Andre Johnson here for a moment, who you just said is eligible in 2021. 2021. Andre Johnson 
is ahead of Isaac Bruce in the all-time receptions category. He's ahead of Steve Smith Sr. in yep. the all-time receptions category. Andre Johnson is 11th on the list behind Reggie Wayne. Is Reggie Wayne a surefire Hall of Famer? I mean, I think the answer is eventually yes. Yes. Eventually. I think eventually yes. But I, he played with Peyton Manning. If Andre Johnson plays with Peyton Manning. And that's the selling point for John McClain. He might be number one on the list. Yeah, that's the selling I mean, that's Jerry Rice with Joe Montana. I mean, that's the selling point for John McClain in yep. the room is to put up Andre's numbers and then right underneath put the quarterbacks that he did that with. Right. Because there's you're going to have Schaub for, what, two years as a pro bowler. Right. Then what? And then he went to Indianapolis where he had luck, but that was one year mm-hmm. at the tail end of his career. And then he was, you know, eight games or whatever in Tennessee with Marcus Mariota. I mean, right. you think about it from that perspective, that, that's the selling point. But that's what's going to happen, I think, at receiver. I think you're going to get guys like Isaac Bruce, and then you got these tight ends. And how do you make sense of all the numbers? And I think that's the one thing that makes Andre stand out is just that. Is yep. that look at these numbers and then look at these quarterbacks. Well, and it's also the, the subjective test. Yes, this is subjective. But like I just threw out there with at what point was this guy considered one of the top three at his position in the league? Anquan Bolden, his name might never have come up in that. Maybe right. that's not deserved, but I just feel like that's the case. Yeah. And I love Anquan Bolden. Don't get me wrong, even though he's a Florida State guy. <laughs> but with Andre Johnson, I think throughout the bulk of his career yeah. – 90% of his career, he's one of the top three wide receivers in the game. Yeah, it was Calvin Johnson, two, Larry best. Fitzgerald. It was yeah. Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Andre Johnson. Yeah. So it was those three. I think that when you do that for, like you said, for an extended period of time, you've got to be considered in. I think so, too. And I think what Calvin Johnson's going to be coming up pretty soon. Andre's coming up pretty soon. If Isaac Bruce doesn't get in, now you've got this backlog because you have Anquan Bolden. Mm-hmm. You're going to have this backlog at receiver that I think is going to be really difficult I know you to didn't, try and merit it out. I know you didn't intend to go all the way down this road with no, some of this stuff, but, but I you know, once I, I get on a roll with this, Johnny, I could talk about this all day I know. because it's, all, it's very interesting to pick apart and approach from different angles and everything yeah. like that. And that's what makes the Hall of Fame voting very, very unique and interesting, and it's why I think, and I said earlier, I think Terrell Owens made a mistake in not going because I don't think he has the full picture of what goes on. John McClain does, and he talked about what? that earlier today. Why do you want to do that, by the way, T.O.? I mean, don't get me started again. I, I went off on that this you morning. Did. Why do you really want to reason. do that to yourself? Enjoy your weekend. Complain about it when you get there, like we said, and that's that. Exactly, and that's that. Mark, appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks to D.P. Sidhu. Thanks to Drew Doherty. Thanks to Brandon, D.J. Dunney, to Shane Leckler, Sammy Coates, to our guy Joseph George back in studio. We are almost home, people, but we will have more for you tomorrow right here on Texans All Access.